الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله قيموا صفوفكم واعتدلوا الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين وإذا أذقنا الناس رحمة من بعد ضراء مستهم إذا لهم مكر في آياتنا قل الله أسرع مكرا إن رسلنا يكتبون ما تمكرون هو الذي يسيركم في البر والبحر حتى إذا كنتم في الفلك وجرين بهم بريح وجرين بهم بريح طيبة وفرحوا بها جاءتها ريح عاصف وجاءهم الموج من كل مكان وظنوا أنهم أحيط بهم دعوا الله مخلصين له الدين لئن أنجيتنا من هذه لنكونن من الشاكرين فلما أنجاهم إذا هم يبغون في الأرض بغير الحق يا أيها الناس إنما بغيكم على أنفسكم 
متاع الحياة الدنيا ثم إلينا مرجعكم فننبئكم بما كنتم تعملون إنما مثل الحياة الدنيا كما إن أنزلناه من السماء كما إن أنزلناه من السماء فاختلط به نبات الأرض فاختلط به نبات الأرض مما يأكل الناس والأنعام حتى إذا أخذت الأرض زخرفها وزينت وظن أهلها أنهم قادرون عليها وظن أهلها أنهم قادرون عليها أتاها أمرنا ليلا أتاها أمرنا ليلا أو نهارا فجعلناها حصيدا فجعلناها حصيدا كأن لم تغن بالأمس كذلك نفصل الآيات لقوم يتفكرون والله يدعو إلى دار السلام ويهدي من يشاء إلى صراط مستقيم للذين أحسنوا الحسنى وزيادة ولا يرهق وجوههم قتر ولا ذلة أولئك أصحاب الجنة هم فيها خالدون والذين كسبوا السيئات جزاء سيئة بمثلها وترهقهم ذلة ما لهم من الله من عاصم كأنما أغشيت وجوههم قطعا من الليل مظلما أولئك أصحاب النار هم فيها خالدون الله لمن حمده
الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين ويوم نحشرهم جميعا ثم نقول للذين أشركوا مكانكم أنتم وشركاؤكم فزيلنا بينهم وقال شركاؤهم ما كنتم إيانا تعبدون فكفى بالله شهيدا بيننا وبينكم إن كنا عن عبادتكم لغافلين هنالك تبلو كل نفس ما أسلفت وردوا إلى الله مولاهم الحق وضل عنهم ما كانوا يفترون الله سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله الله لمن حمده الله
Inshallah, after the remaining Sunnah and Witr, we will have our weekly tafsir with Mufti Azimuddin Ahmad. We humbly request all the brothers and sisters to stay back um, in person, or if not, then they can join us on our YouTube channel. We will be continuing with Surah Maryam, inshallah. Jazakallah khairah.
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا أما بعد اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم respected elders and brothers Dear listeners, dear students, mothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So, last week a portion of the, or half hour or so of the beginning got cut off, but alhamdulillah, the, the uh, actual verses weren't cut, and we were able to cover that part, at least in the recorded version of it. And uh, those of you who are here present, alhamdulillah, you were able to get that, the first part as well. We will... Um, uh, restart from Ayah 18 of Surah Maryam. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions this, the, this, the part when she sees uh, this angel in front of him, in front of her, in her secluded place of i'tikaf, where she had gone to um, make ibadah, and she would do the eastern part of her of of uh, Beit al Maqdis. We talked about the benefits, you know, of where this whole eastern part came and what the Christians and the Jews, uh, why they revere that till today, facing the east. And she put out that specific veil around her, around her place of ibadah so she would not be disturbed. And then all of a sudden, we sent our spirit, Jibreel. I, we also mentioned why he was referred to as a spirit because he comes with revelation and revelation is what gives life to the hearts So it's like the soul It's like the spirit Which gives life uh, To the souls And then he transformed In the form of it Into a human Tamathil We talked about how Mumathil is like an actor Right So Tamathala uh, Jibreel Changed form And why did he change form Because the original form Is too difficult For anyone to Be able to withstand 600 wings even one wing is covering the whole east to west And the other one covering north to south Very challenging to handle And she is about to receive this news We don't want to further complicate things for her So change her form Change his form And we also talked about the fact that this was an imtihan for her To see how would she react Or rather for people to know How did this lady react when she was uh, in seclusion With a very handsome person Basharan Sawiya a human, but what type of human? Sawiyan, a flawless. He's an angel, angel, angel Jibreel. Imagine the type of uh, form he would come in. Actually, we were just covering the hadith the other day in class. Nabi wasallam was mentioning how the different prophets look like. How he had seen the prophets in Mi'raj. And how they've been shown to him, the prophets. And he was saying, so-and-so prophet looks like Musa wasallam looks like so-and-so. Uh, you know, Nabi Isa looks like so-and-so. And then regarding Jibreel he said it looks like Dahya radiallahu anhu. He was a very handsome Sahabi And I was just thinking that Just today that Imagine you have the Prophet Telling you that you look like Jibreel Right I mean what a compliment huh? <laughs> what a compliment So when he said he looks like Jibreel It means when Jibreel Would come in the form of a human Obviously And then He mentioned regarding Ibrahim And he said Ibrahim He looks like Sahibukum Like your Sati <laughs> Meaning he's speaking about himself he said Ibrahim looked like he looked similar to how Ibrahim salams look like. So um, this beautiful form of Jibril came in front of her, 
And what does she say in Ya'udhu bin Rahman? She said, indeed I seek refuge from, from uh, you in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the all-merciful, in, in Kuntu Daqiyah, if, if you are at all God-fearing. So we learn from here the aspect of anytime we are faced with, uh, uh, anytime we are faced with a temptation to sin, what do we do? We seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And only Allah can save you and myself. Yusuf salam, when he was tempted by Zulaikha in the palace, it comes in the Quran, she made a move towards him. He would have attempted or he would have made a move towards her had he not seen, had he not seen the sign of his Lord. Meaning his da'isma and the protection of Allah came into play and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him. Uh, so he remembered Allah at that time. Some books of tafsir, Israeli tafsirs, you know, not, not necessarily very authentic, but it's definitely mentioned, so I'm just sharing with you, that when he, he, saw up, he saw something that reminded him of Allah at that moment. What was it? Some narrators say he saw a vision of his father Yaqub with his finger in his mouth, like shocked. Like, what, what, what's going on? <laughs> right? So that's mentioned in some of the books as well, that he saw that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has intizam, Allah has ways. One person's real story, I'm telling you this. He told me once he had intended to commit sin. Long ago. The same type of sin. And he said the night before, he had a dream. And Allah Azza wa Jal showed him the vision. And in his dream, he saw Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. And he came and he pretty much punched him in his chest. And he told him, don't do that. So this is one of the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love for someone. And he told me this story long ago. And then I actually came across a hadith I was just shocked. It was a hadith that says that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to do good with someone, He actually sends messages to him within his dream to stop him from sin. Or to send a signal after he committed a sin. That by tawbah karlo, repent. This is one of the hadith that mentions man yuridillahu bi khayran. When Allah intends good with someone, He sends a message to him through his dream. So meaning not every single person is going to see this, but if someone sees a vision uh, that makes him start thinking about his past sins or makes him scared about some new sin he was going to commit in the future Alhamdulillah it's a blessing of Allah he should take this as a good sign and stop obviously or repent so she did what the, she did the right thing when she was in this corner cornered in front in, and in front of her is this handsome man what did she do she immediately sought refuge in Allah Azza wa Jal from this uh, from, from this person and then she says Rahman, merciful, right? Every single name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has its own specific qualities. You have in your spice cabinet, only for those husbands who don't know how to cook, think that everything is the same, right? You know, you're putting your whatever, everything, if it's brown, it must be the same thing. If it's red is one category, brown is one category. It's not like that, is it? It's very different. You can ask our master chef here. Very, very different. Small difference can make, you know, of small different spices, difference in that can change up the whole dish. So if the spices that look similar, but in reality, cinnamon and garam masala are very different. I'll share a little story with you. I was a little kid, you know, and I was making chai for my parents. Uh, like maybe I was seven or something like that. And one day I said, you know, I want to add some spice to it. So I, I still do. I like to add spices to my tea. So, I, I, so one day I was like, I got this thing going. My parents really like my chai. So instead of adding, you know, I thought I added cinnamon and mashallah gave it to them. In reality, I had added garam masala. <laughs> right? So you can imagine that was not a very nice chai for them to drink when you put that really, really uh, strong spices that look like cinnamon. Big difference between cinnamon and, and, and uh, what's the translation for garam masala? Huh? Yeah? Huh? 
all, all spices? Okay, it's really, it's, it's like a, uh, we had one Arab Ustad, one Sheikh in, in Pakistan. I spoke to him about, uh, actually, I didn't mention Sheikh Zubair. His name is Sheikh Zubair from Sudan. He was my teacher in Pakistan when I was studying. So, you know, we have the Thabit Kalimirji, the, the Kalimirji, the black pepper that's not grounded, the round one. So, in the salon, in the, in the grave, he used to be eating there. And I used to be eating with him. Alhamdulillah, I used to eat with my teachers, you know. Uh, so, I bring food for him and we sit down and we eat together. And, and he would, when he would see this in Arabic in his most amazing manner, I still remember the, his accent and the way he would say it, it was so hilarious. He would say, He says, this is, qumbula is a, you know, like a bomb, right? Like a, a little catapult, when you catapult something in. So he said, this is not, what is, what is this doing in my plate? Get this out of here. He said, this is, this, is a, this is a bomb, little, you know, grenade that's gonna go blow up in my stomach, the black pepper. So, the reality is every single spice has its own different effect. How can we expect the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be all the same? This is what I'm getting at. Right? It's not like, oh, in the Quran it's Aliman and Haliman and Azizan and Hakiman, it's all the same thing. Imam Saab, whatever, just, just finish up your tarawi. As long as it sounds okay, move on. You know what I mean? Make it rhyme. Ma at the end. Hakima, Alima, and let move on. There's a huge difference. Why what, match, why, what attribute of Allah is in what place? And ulama have written about this extensively. You will find books of tafsir dedicated to every single, every single name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will mention the connection with the verse there. Why it's there. Majority of the tafsirs that are like more detailed, they will mention why this name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned over here. So the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are powerful, are beautiful. We should memorize that. All of us should memorize it. Look right here. If every week you sit and memorize one circle, by the, inshallah, by the end of the year, you'll know all of them. Right? There he starts there, on that end of the arch. Then you move on to the next one. Then you move on to the next one. It starts at the four o'clock. It starts at the four o'clock. Seriously, take a look at it. Right? So you memorize these beautiful names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and know the translations of it. And then every single name, they are ulama who have written books on this extensively. There are durus online as well, right? On Asma'ul Husna, right? On the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the effect, effect, effectiveness of each one. Probably many of us have at home an Urdu book lying at home somewhere collecting dust. Maybe our mother, grandmother, someone uses it or read it in the past. On the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does anyone have that at home? The effect of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yeah? Right? I don't know when was the last time we looked through that book. But it's, it has a name. This name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, read this many times, this will happen. Yeah, you saw that? You read such and such name of Allah, this many times, this is what happens. And they don't explain anything. This says, you know, Al-Wajid. Right? You read this. Uh, you read uh, what you call Al-Mani'ah. You read Al-Qawi. 313 times after you know, such and such day or um, after Asr or, or just generally. Read it this many times and your needs will get fulfilled. So now people... Uh, people will say, what is this man? Where's the proof for this? Where's the dalil for this? And so forth. I don't know where's the, there's, they didn't mention it was from hadith. Then these books don't mention hadith. But what I tell these people, I said, subhanAllah, what are you dealing with? You're dealing with the most potent thing in the world. Okay? When you have a little chemical, a small little, you know, a chemical that says this can be destructive or this can be beneficial or whatnot, you have to deal with it. You know, a small ounce of it can cause, let's say, an explosion. It can. You're dealing with the, the greatest power in the world, right? And above and beyond, before the world. That is the power of Allah and His names. Walillahi al-asma'ul husna. To Allah belongs the beautiful names, right there. Walillahi al-asma'ul husna. Fad'uhu biha. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs the beautiful names. Supplicate to Him through those names. 
So when you have the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In front of this, nothing can stand We have to have this conviction What is, let's listen what the Prophet said He said He said the day of judgment cannot come Until Allah, Allah is set on the earth Okay That is the bond and the adhesive Which is keeping this entire cosmos running As long as Allah, Allah is being recited This world will run and as soon as the last person who you would say Allah Allah dies, there's no point in this world running, and the angel Israfil will blow in the trumpet, and everything will be gone. That's the power of Allah. That's the power of the word of Allah. We're not talking about the Musamma, the Madlul. We're not talking about the being who Allah represents. The word Allah represents a being, correct? We're not speaking about the being right now. What are we speaking about? The word. The word Allah. What, he, what that represents is unbelievable power But just the word itself is so powerful That as long as someone is saying that word And supplicating to Allah Or, 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 or glorifying Him by saying Allah, Allah This world remains intact Once you got that in your mind, settled Then you should not doubt That every single power of Allah Every single name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has got countless powers Now it doesn't take rocket science to figure out that every, every name has its own translation, right? So you can pick it up anywhere. So obviously, based on the translation, the effect is going to be different. The aspect of mercy is going to be different from the aspect of the one who avenges himself, the one who is punishes, the one who is hard, the one who is, cannot be vanquished, the one who is overpowering. Obviously, the effect of those names is going to be different from the effects of most loving, most caring, most magnificent, most merciful, most forgiving, most forbearing. Right? So you're going to use a name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala based on the situation. So this book that someone, I was sharing someone who's asking me the proof, I said there's, they don't have to have a proof. Why do you need to have to have the proof? It's, it's beyond obvious that the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has immense effect. You can, you can make dua with any name you want. But obviously you want to use a name that would fit your situation. Say it. You want to, fit, you want to use, like for example, uh, someone whose bone is broken. What, what name of Allah we can use? Uh, the Mender, exactly. Ya Jabir. That's the name of Allah. Ya Jabir. Right? So you say, Ya Jabir, Ya Jabir, and you make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to mend your bone. And actually, this is one of the beautiful duas of Rasulullah, longer duas, a portion of the duas, Ya Jabir al Azm al Kasir. Oh, the joiner of the broken bone. All the brothers sitting here know that once your bone breaks, who can join it besides Allah? Even if they put a screw in it Still who can join it besides Allah? No one So that Allah who brings a broken bone together Is the one who can bring our broken hearts together He is the one who can bring the broken family back together SubhanAllah Right? It seems very hard for a broken bone to come together But it happens every day So why can't broken hearts come together? Right? When, when work is done properly MashaAllah Right? So uh, So I remember I was telling those brothers a story When I was uh, like 15 years ago I went with some students out in, in Jamaat for a weekend when I was imam in my previous masjid in, in Frankfurt. So we went out with these young boys and they, they had, you know, we called it a spiritual retreat or whatever the case may be. And we went to one masjid. And the masjid was a huge masjid. And the boys had come out first time, high school students. And after namaz, I went to go lead Juma in another masjid. I came back, they said, oh, Amir Sahib, we have a problem. I said, what happened? He said, I lost my cell phone. I said, well, where, where did you put it? He said, oh, it was under my jacket. And you know, kids don't know how to take care of their stuff. He said, I put it and then before Juma, and then like two and a half thousand people prayed namaz and they left. And now obviously my phone is not under my jacket. What should I do now? 
you know, I mean, you shouldn't have put your phone there in the first place. That was a mistake. When he was this first time, you know, he's like, man, I really need my phone. So as he was sitting in a masjid, like all these bookshelves here and there you have in masjids, every masjid, you find some books in there. So flipping through the books on a Friday while we're all doing our own things, he found a book of the 99 names. He flipping through that, his, his eyes fell upon something. Essay, right? So he came to me before Maghrib and he shared this story with me. And he was emotional. He said, Amir Sab, I said, what happened? He said, I opened that book and I found a certain name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, possibly Al-Wajid or something else. I'm not sure what it was, Al-Jami'ah. And he said, it said if you read it 300 times or 400 times or 900 times, you can find your lost item. You all know this. You have it in your home. How many times do you flip through this book and read it? This kid, look at the beauty of innocence. He doesn't know anything. 17, 18 years old, but he doesn't know much about deen. And now he's fresh and he wants to learn the deen and he wants to build this relationship with Allah. It's amazing. That, that innocence that comes even if a man is 60 years old. But the day he decides to come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with talab, with humbleness and humility, it's so powerful. It's like a child's innocence. Do you get what I'm saying? Because you're like, I've been there, done that. That's it, Ya Allah. I'm only now coming to you. And with that conviction, then miracles start happening. So he comes in and he says, I found this book and he said, this name of Allah, read it X number of times. So I started reading. I said, how many times you read it? He said, whatever. He said, 399 times, 400 times I read it. Then I said, then what? He said, I went and picked up my jacket and there was my phone. And before that, he had actually obviously searched and searched all the whole Jamaat search for his phone. We couldn't find it. I was searching too. He was crying. I told him, you know what? After Maghrib, forget anyone else. You're going to give the bayan after Maghrib. So he said, well, how am I supposed to give a bayan? There's all these people here. They know so much more. I said, no, they know stuff over here. You know it over here. What they know is in their mind. What you know is in the heart. They've, they know knowledge. You've ta- you actually tasted it. They know they've, they've no information from Wikipedia. You have ilmul yaqeen. You have ilmul yaqeen. You've seen it. You've tasted it. And that taste is something which, you know, even if you don't know even one word of Arabic, that's more powerful than anything else. That is the key thing. The yaqeen on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and on the names of Allah is powerful. So my dear friends, when, you know, whatever issue we have, we have, we don't have to go anywhere besides the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't have to call out to any idol. We don't have to call out to any money. We don't have to call out to anything. We turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to His beautiful names, which is asking us. Right? It's like a, an arsenal. You've got a huge arsenal in front of you. And you're like, oh, how am I supposed to take care of this enemy? But do you even look down? Do you see what you got? You're sitting there crying in front of the enemy. But you got every single, every single arm in the armory that is possible in an arsenal you have it in front of you. Allah says, Walillahi al-asma'ul husna. To Allah belong the beautiful names. Fad'uhu biha. Utilize those names and supplicate to Him. You pick up, look, look what your toolbox has. Look what you got in your toolbox. And pick a name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is relevant to your issue. And if you don't know the meanings, and if you don't even know where to start thinking, then what should you do? Memorize all 99 names. Okay, memorize all the names. Do you guys have the dua card, the Darussalam dua card? Right? We've been sharing it for past many, many years. If you don't, you can stop by in the office and get it on your way out. Right? We've shared it on WhatsApp groups so many times, every day. So there, in the back of the, some of the 99 names, a nine, a dua card, you'll have the 99 names. You don't need to get it from there. You can Google it. Get it from anywhere. You probably have it hanging above your sofa at home. Right? Now we need to memorize it. So if we haven't memorized it, please 
make this commitment to memorize it. Man ahsaha dakhla al jannah. The Prophet ﷺ said to Allah belongs the 99 names. Udareh, right there. Inna lillahi tasa'atu wa tasa'ina isma mia illa wahida. To Allah belongs the 99 names, 100 minus 1. This is on the top left calligraphy there. Man ahsaha dakhla al jannah. Whoever memorizes it shall enter paradise. All right. So. I want all of you here listening to me online and in person make this intention that you're going to memorize it. Say inshallah. All right, make this a goal. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward my honorable teacher, Mawlana Shabir. And I tell this to the students when I make them memorize the hadith and the dua. I'm like, oh, dua exam, hadith exam. Remember that? But people don't like that. I said, you're going to thank me later on, just like I'm thanking my ustad 18 years later. Is that uh, when we were in the sixth year of the alim course, this hadith came, the hadith of 99 names, it came in the book Mishkat al Masabih. And he came, he said, you boys, you boys better know it. Okay. All right, I'll give you till tomorrow. If you don't know it, you're going to stand. Now, 60-year students usually don't, are not made to stand in class, you know. But this is the principle, and he said it. He said, if you don't know this by tomorrow. Now, it's true, I had never memorized it before that. I had reached all the way to the sixth year, but I had never, no one told me to memorize it. It's good, but yeah, I never was given that push. May Allah reward him for giving that push. He said, if you don't know it by tomorrow, you're going to stand in class. And of course, none of us wanted to do that. So within a day we memorized it. And there we go, we knew it. So the reward goes back to him. So I'm hoping I'll get the reward inshallah and he'll get the reward and my teachers and my parents will get the reward for all of you memorizing it. So I want you all inshallah to do this. And please teach it to your children. Teach it to your spouses and say, all right, let's make a goal. We'll do six a day. Stop. I just memorized that. Then the next day you do another six and then another six like that. Choose seven, six. You're not saying you memorize the whole thing in one day, but divide it up and do it together as a family. Inshallah, within a week, Within two weeks, you'll be done. Okay, so I'm going to ask you all, inshallah, two weeks from now, and then you can raise your hand. I'm not going to make you stand. <laughs> Just make your hand stand, right? <laughs> and you can say, inshallah, I've memorized it, okay? So you do it yourself, get your spouse, get your ch- children also, alhamdulillah, to do it. And then, now you got this powerful tool. If we say the 99 names in a bayan, people are like a jaw dropping. <gasps> oh my God, you must be, where'd you come from? I remember I did this once in Isna. I had a talk in one of the parallel sessions. And it was about the 99 names of Allah. So I began the talk with saying the 99 names. And people are looking at me like, I don't know where I came from. Like, obviously, it's about the talk is about 99 names. If, you know, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to start it off with the 99 names, right? I'm going to read it out. What's so shocking about that? Why is this a shock? We should all know it. We should all know it. Right? So this is uh, a beautiful reminder of how she turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the name of Rahman. And say, Ya Allah, please shower your mercy upon me to get me out of this problem. To get me out of this, temp- you know, awkward situation. In If you have any fear, oh man. What was the purpose of that? The purpose of that is to create taqwa in him. To say, you know, to, if you don't, if you, if, if you, if you're a man of, of any type of haya and, 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 and any type of uh, akhlaq and any type of character, you're gonna stay away from me. So it was to create this awakening within him, to shame, right? To create shame that okay, I better stop, stay away. What is his response? Inna He responds by saying, "Indeed, I myself am none other than a messenger of your Lord." But I don't know what you You've misunderstood. I'm not a human. Actually, I am a, a messenger, right? Rasul. I am. A messenger of your Lord. Rasul is someone who carries a message from a higher authority to someone on the ground. Right? So, a higher authority. So, here, of course, he's not carrying revelation in this case. He's sending a message, like a, uh, a messenger or a courier who carries a message. He's coming from 
Allah Azza wa Jal with a message. What is the message? And then he says, message from Rabbik. What does Rabb? We've talked about that again and again. Your Lord, your caretaker. So now you, this, this message is not from the powerful, almighty God. That attribute has not been used here. Not from, you know, the, some other attribute, the all-hearing, all-watchful. No, the word Rabb has come here. And what does Rabb do? Rabb is a caretaker. So before you start wondering, oh my God, what's going to happen with my kid? How can I have a child? I'm not even ready for this. Is, am I physically, emotionally, psychologically ready, ready to have a child? And then, how am I supposed to raise this child? Who's going to raise it? There's no father here. Where, where's, it gonna, where's all this going to happen? Don't worry. This message and this child is coming from who? From your Rabb. That Rabb who took care of you will also take care of your child. Isn't that beautiful? He will take care of that child. And what type of gift am I getting? Hiba means gift. I am here to grant you the gift of a pure boy. Ghulaman means boy. Zakiya means pure. Notice in the previous story of Zakariyah and Yahya, what happened over there? Over there, Allah Azza wa Jal mentions that. Um, Allah mentions that Ya Zakariya, O Zakariya, inna nubashiruka. We are giving you the glad tidings. Who is the one who's speaking there? Allah is. In this case, Maryam is getting the glad tidings of Isa, but an angel is speaking. The end result is the same. It's all coming from Allah. But notice in one of them, Allah says, Inna nubashiruka. We are giving you these glad tidings. And in this case, it is the Angel speaking. So the, the ulama have given one possible difference. The reason for difference is that because Maryam is a wali of Allah, one of the most pious of women and the most pious of women and men in the world, but she's still not a prophet. While Zakiriya was a prophet. Hence, he is receiving direct communication from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. While Maryam is not a messenger or a prophet. She is a friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah is sending that message through the human form of an angel. That even an angel can come speak to us too. We won't even know it. Right? An angel could come. There are instances apparently, you know, things like this happen in the world where people see, sense that I spoke about too, just what, last week? Right? About angels and, and so forth. Seeing angels before a person dies and so forth. Right? So that, that, that is, that's possible. So Maryam is not a prophet That is why that there's no direct communication With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Rather through an angel Zakiya uh, What does that mean? Zakat Zakat we use it to purify our wealth Zakki nufusana Oh Allah purify our hearts Qad aflaha man tazakka Indeed the one who purified himself is successful So zakat gives you the meaning of purification And zakiya it means extremely purified, very pure-hearted, clean-hearted. So this one word encompasses all sorts of good traits that this boy had. So the mother is being told, you're not going to have sarka dard. You know what I mean? You're not going to have a pain, in the, a, a, a child that's going to be a pain. Instead, we're giving you a child that's going to be really amazing. There's a dua of the Prophet ﷺ. He says, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min waladin yakunu alayya wa ba'la. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from such a child that will become a huge test for me. Musibat wa ba'al, test. Think about that. What nice, beautiful dua. And Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min imra'atin tushayibuni 
قبل المشيب Oh, will I seek refuge in you from a spouse that will make my hair go white before its time? I seek refuge in you from a spouse that will make my hair go white before time. So the boys and girls who are wanting to get married, may Allah make it easy for all of you. But please add this to your dua as well. Instead of just adding physical you know, features of your spoon-to-be spouse or in your desires, what you have, add this as well. You do not want to suffer, right? All your life. And... Uh, uh, just today someone was mentioned to me He said now I understand You know Why marriage they say is half of iman I didn't get it now I'm married for two years I realize how hard it is To keep everyone unhappy It's not easy Now I get it Why it's half of iman He had a whole different perspective Of half of iman You know That was new to me as well <laughs> that, that half of iman is just, just Keeping calm at home And taking things at home Subhanallah Is so, is so challenging And when it's challenging And you do a good job on it It's so rewarding It's half of iman I'll take that That's that's a good explanation as well Right so Here uh, We see Zakiya Is the fact that this child Is just a really good natured person The Allah Azza wa Jal then mentions قَالَتْ أَنَّا يَكُنُ لِغُلَامِ Subhanallah She said how can I have Now she's speaking She she recognizes that she's an angel He's an angel I mean he Says I'm an angel I've come here for official business I'm not here to chit chat Right? So now her fear is no longer there. It's abated. And alhamdulillah, she feels like she can talk. So she wants to know, like, what's going on? What is the reason why this is happening? How is it possible? Does she really think she cannot have a child? Is she doubting the qudra of Allah? No. She is just wondering, how will this happen? How shall I have a boy? While no human being has ever touched me. And I have never been unchaste. The angel said, Even so shall it be. Even so it shall be. Your Lord has said, It is easy for me. Your Lord has said, It's easy for me. For we shall make him a miraculous sign for all people. وَرَحْمَةً مِنَّا And a mercy from us وَكَانَ أَمْرًا مَقْضِيًّا Thus it is a matter decreed Thus it is a matter decreed So this is some beautiful uh, points can be mentioned over here She is turning to the angel in speaking Initially she didn't Initially she said I seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from you And that is the way it should be Khalwa Staying in seclusion with someone from the opposite gender is uh, we know the perfect recipe for a explosion, disaster, no matter who it is. As you've you've heard in, in, in the books it's mentioned that Iblis is reported to have said that give me if you want to see my tricks, you want to see me play magic, bring me the most pious of women and bring me the most pious of men. You can bring like from the Tabi'un, uh, the famous examples are given are Hassan Basri and Rabi'a Basriya. Bring, bring me the best of the women Bring me the best of men Put them together and put me Just give me some time Right And you'll see how it'll make sparks fly So Khalwa Seclusion is super duper dangerous Be that seclusion In person Be that seclusion Over phone calls Be that seclusion uh, Over text messages Be that seclusion Over emails People all the time ask about this So any of these type of seclusions is actually very harmful. And um, uh, boy, 
يعني, where do we start? It's just people do not understand what you're dealing with, right? It's like someone who's, who's, uh, there's no one who knows the value, the, 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 the weakness of the human being, the strength of shaitan better than Allah. And no one who knows it better than the Prophet So we see their way they commanded us. Like for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the wives of the Prophet, which is our belief, the wives of the Prophet from the Quran are who? Ummahatul Mu'mineen, right? They are our mothers. And they are the most chosen of people. Their marriages were performed in the, by Allah Azza wa in the heavens. There was decided who's gonna go, who's gonna get married to who. I mean, who's gonna get married to Rasulullah All of that was decided or you know, chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, handpicked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single wife of the Prophet, every single mother of ours is a very special person. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He tells them um, that Ya Nisa al-Nabi O the wives of the Prophet You are not like the rest of the women, you're special You better be careful In As long as you have God consciousness within yourself Remember that, Allah tells them When you speak to the men Do not speak in a soft, attractive tone I'm not quoting to you a scholar some man who wrote something they say a feminine you know what you call uh, anti-women and misogynistic author wrote this this is from the Quran you can pick up and read the translation yourself from the first page of the 22nd juice do not speak in a, in a seductive manner do not speak in a attractive tone okay who's going to be speaking to the wives of the Prophet people of Medina right not people like you and I now People of that time, during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, this Qur'an is not revealed after he passed away, it's revealed while he's alive. And he's telling, he's, he's being told about how his wives have to interact. So the Qur'an says, Because the one who's got a sickness in his heart, he will start having wrong types of desires. Tama means lalach, greed, desire. When does a person have tama? Tama is something which you don't have, which is not belonging to you. The wives of the Prophet are your mothers. So, how in the world can a person have any type of inclination towards them? But the one who's got a sickness in his heart, he doesn't differentiate. Doesn't differentiate. He doesn't know how to differentiate. He's lost that part of his brain. Right? That part of his mind is you know, weak. He cannot differentiate between what is halal and what is haram. Why he cannot differentiate? Because the fire of lust has burnt his, 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 his aql, his understanding. So he now doesn't think from his brain. He thinks from his shahwa and his lust. Allah is saying this in the Quran. The one who in his heart is crookedness, he will have a desire. And when you speak, speak in an appropriate manner. And stay at home. Do not expose yourself out of your home the way the women of Jahiliyyah, of the ignorant era, would do so. Establish your prayer. Give your alms, your zakah. And obey Allah and your husband. And the messenger. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to remove from you the, yeah, the dirt of shaitan. He wants to keep you pure from this nonsense. 
O the family of the Prophet, Allah wants to grant you purity. Keep you pure and clean. That is why all these instructions have been given. And what have the Sahaba been mentioned, told? The Sahaba have been told that, to, that whoever wants to go speak to the wives of the Prophet, فَاسْأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ hijab. Speak to them from behind the curtain. That is more pure for your hearts and more pure for their hearts. I mean, what else do we need besides these two verses? Allah is addressing the women and Allah is addressing the men. Allah is addressing the best possible women to walk on this earth, the wives of the Prophet, our mothers. And Allah is addressing the very best of men, the companions of the Prophet His son, the men, when you speak to the women, the wives of your Prophet We're not talking about just average random women in the Medina The wives of the Prophet Make sure you speak to them behind the curtain You could give a hundred million reasons why Oh you know Because the house of the Prophet is small You know You don't, you don't want to just give them some privacy All kinds of false wrong interpretations you come. Allah didn't even give you time to interpret it He gave it to you the reason The reason I'm asking you To speak to them from behind the curtain It's more pure for your hearts so that there's no chance of shaitan playing with you. And it's more pure for the hearts of the wives of the Prophet. Can you imagine that? So who am I and who are you after hearing this? How can we ever think that, you know, it's okay, chalta, it's fine, not, not a big deal. We're just, we're just, you know, relatives. We are just cousins. We are just sister-in-law. We're just father-in-law, brother-in-law, fulan, this law, all that, you know. Brother-in-law, sister-in-law type of stuff. Every time people, they think that the people who teach deen or, or invite towards the deen, they've got something wrong with them. You know, why are they creating unnecessary problems in the deen? Why are you making life so difficult? Right? But if you look at the Qur'an without any tafsir, just the Qur'an itself and the basic translation of it, it's so clear that this is the injunctions of Allah in the Qur'an to purify society and to keep hearts and minds clean. Everyone needs to do their own thing. And whenever there's communication that needs to be done, that's done in this protective manner that the Qur'an mentions. When we remove those veils and we start becoming too friendly, then problems arise. And we've spoken about, you know, more openly in this masjid or on the platform through our online, you know, classes on this topic probably than you've ever heard in your life. We've talked about, we've had multiple talks of, you know, abuse, etc. that is happening within the homes and so forth. Where does that all stem from? It stems from the rules of hijab not being followed. So we've kind of shot ourselves in the leg by not doing this. You know, this is why, dear friends, when you have a male teacher also, for example, whether you know, teaching a person, some people don't have the sense that a female student or a male student, you know, especially for a female student, should not be allowed to teach, be taught by a male teacher, uh, no matter how pious he may look, in seclusion. I, don't, I really don't know My blood boils when I hear About cases that have gone very wrong And I'm wondering Like, like you know What world did you, you all come from That you would have allowed These type of things to happen in your home How could you have not Taken precaution Right On a regular basis These type of abuses have happened over years And I'm speaking from experience Dealing with people who have Gone through unrepairable harm Damaged forever Ever Damaged Because And while While Subhanallah, while Quran class is happening at home. So, if, if this, uh, whether Quran class is happening at home or happening in the masjid or English class or any other class, uh, it, is, it doesn't make a difference what is being taught. A person needs to be, have some common sense things. So, the common sense thing is that there should not be, you know, 
between cross-gender, even from a young age, uh, uh, that type of mixing. And even within the same gender, a person needs to be careful. Like, um, as someone mentioned, like, you know, when a person is listening to the Qur'an, very good point some of the teachers mentioned, when the person is listening to the Qur'an, it should, not be in, it should be from a distance where a person cannot reach them by their hand. Right? When you're listening. Especially now, Corona time, it's very easy. That's a common sense thing. But like these type of things that deen teaches us, our scholars speak about it, our books are replete with it. If we follow what's written in the books, and we ask and we learn, then we won't have problems. The problem happens and we don't study. We remain ignorant. We don't ask people who... And then, subhanAllah, we come to figure out after the problem has happened that, oh, we're in this situation. So understand, wherever there's deeny work taking place, there's more shaitan there. Wherever there's a work of deen taking place, shaitan wants to make sure that where do, where, do, where do the bank robbers come? The robbers want to rob, they don't come to a, you know, an empty lot and try to broke into an abandoned home that has, no one has lived in for 30 years. What, what money is going to be there? They are going to go try to break into a bank. So shaitan, when he attacks, he attacks places where Quran is being taught, homes where Quran is being taught, masjid and madrasa people, etc. All that type of stuff. It happens. People say, how is it? How can you? Oh my God, I can't believe this happened Well, you know, by someone who goes to the masjid. Exactly, that's why it happened. Because he's going to the masjid. If he wasn't going to the masjid, shaitan would say, khalas, tu, tu, you're already going to hell. I don't need a pu- you don't need to push from me. You don't need to push from me. You're already mashallah, on your own. You made my job easy. Thank you. I'm going to go worry about someone else. So he goes after people who are actually connected to the deen. Right? And, and he goes after them. So re- in-law relationships too are part of that. A person needs to be very mindful of that. If you're not mindful, if you just say, Aisai hamari zindigi guzari, So what's wrong for 30 years doesn't mean you keep it wrong. As soon as you realize you're wrong, as soon if you got found out that you're paying taxes, extra taxes every year, would you just say, Chalra, I've been paying extra 5,000 taxes a year. Chalra, let me give more. You say, no, I'm going to try to go recalculate and get my money back. And, and, and then for sure, from now on, I'm going to be careful. But if we've sinned all our life, that's not a correct attitude to say, Oh, all of my life we had no, we no had this parda and hijab. Since we started coming to Darussalam, what is that? The Darussalam madhaba. <laughs> Someone, one of my dear brothers mentioned to me, when he started saying something, he said, oh, so you started following the Darussalam madhab. There's no Darussalam madhab, brother. The madhab is the Quran and Hadith. The outside is the, is, is the, the madhab, there's two madhabs. The madhab of religion of deen and the religion of shaitan. You choose which you want to be. Hezbollah and Hezbo shaitan. The Quran speaks about that. Hezbollah and Hezbo shaitan. By Allah, Darussalam is not creating a new madhab. Or, or new religion or a new way of life right we're trying our best to, to and we're doing a hard, you know we're not doing the best job but we're trying and hopefully we'll get there someday to recreate the environment of Medina and to recreate the true uh, uh, spirit and soul of Islam that Rasul left behind so when we speak about hijab when we speak about separation all that type of stuff People say, oh, we don't want to get nikah done in Darussalam, Salaam, right? Oh, because they, they have the hijab. There's no, there's no place to have, you know, our selfies together, holding hands and whatnot. So we don't want to come over here, right? We can't have the bride come sit right in front of the, sit with the, sit right in front of the groom. Oh, but, but the groom, the imam is not here to get married to the bride, is he? The imam is here to perform the nikah. Why the bride needs to come sit in front of the, in front of the qazi, right? But these type of things people nowadays want to do. And they feel like this is some type of Darussalam religion. It's not. It's what is... It is it, if when your eyes will open up one day and the veils of, of shaitan will get removed and you will see the truth yourself. I remember, I remember when these some very famous cases in the country happened of, of abuse. Some of even my students and volunteers came up to me and said, subhanAllah, today, today, if this incident happened, it made us now realize why we have separation in this masjid. 
and why we have such strict separation in the madrasa. They're like, we went, we studied here, we, we just said samana watana, we listen, obey whatever the teachers say, khalas. But it never really, you know, it never, we never really deep down accepted it. Because when we left Darussalam, we do our own things. And that's what usually people do. When they're here, when in Rome, do as Romans do, right? When in Darussalam, you do things with Darussalam style. But when they leave, then they do their own stuff. So he says, but this incident made us realize the reality of how weak we are. And how if proper measures are not taken in place, into consideration, how the fire can erupt so quickly. Right? So, when the, the people will, their veils will be removed from their hearts and they will start looking and reading the Quran with, with the proper farsightedness and, and, and with firasa, then inshallah they will appreciate what happens over here. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to continue to remain firm on this. My teachers and many of them, when I have shared whatever we do over here and I regularly, alhamdulillah, leave voice messages to them or talk to them whenever I can about our activities and so forth. And I make a point to send all our yearly calendars to them, wherever they may be, you know, with someone going to those countries, so that we can, you know, get their du'as and stuff. So I know specifically, some of them looked at this and they said, there's so much nur coming out of this building. Now obviously they're not looking at the white lights that you see when you walk here in the beautiful night, snow, with snow and the lights illuminating the building. That's, 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 a, that's not nur, that's LED, right? <laughs> so... But they said, well, the nur we're seeing on this, and they've mentioned, they said, the nur we see it is, we think what comes into our heart is simply because the extra effort you all make to separate the genders in the masjid and in the madrasa. It has that barakah. We had the winter intensive here last year, right? In person, not this one. We had these boys, we had 600 people, mashallah, come here. I had boys come to me from different states, and they said, you probably never heard of something like this before. They came from a different state, a very big state, Texas. And they said, you know what? Can you help us build a masjid like this back over there? I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, we have never sensed or tasted such level of spirituality in our life. And they're like, the reason is because all our masjids in our area, they're all mixed. Men and women enter from the same door, leave from the same door, congregate, and this and that. And so we're here for five days. Our sisters were downstairs, our cousins were whatever, or you know, in the side prayer halls or the other halls that we have. And we had no idea they were even here. And we, alhamdulillah, thrived. We had their Q&A sessions, they had women-only sessions. And mashallah, you know, we have tons of stuff for the sisters. And we didn't even know they were here. And we were able to stay so focused here. And that's what we realized was the secret of the success of this retreat. Is that we were able to keep our mind away from everything else and stay focused. How do we recreate this environment? So their imam in, their, in, in Texas area called me up and says, what'd you do? He said, yeah, I could give a whole lecture, a whole workshop, seminar on the importance of separation in a masjid. No one would have ever, ever said what these students said. Why is that? Because they tasted it. It's a difference between hearing it on a PowerPoint and listening to it and watching it and giving a bayan. And there's another thing about tasting it. There's something in the masjid. All of you are a witness to that. I know all of you are a witness to that. When you come here for salah, or when you come here for programs, you definitely feel a different vibe. There's no doubt about that. And that is not because of anything but the fact that if you follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, which we believe is the sunnah, of course people who are, you all entitled to whatever you want to believe. I can't force my opinion upon anyone. You, you can tell whatever you believe. But what I have learned from my teachers, what I have understood from the seerah, is that an ideal environment, based on what you hear, or the two ayats I shared, is in which not only in the masjid, outside of the masjid as well, everyone is dealing with their own gender. Only in a proper, safe manner you communicate. When you do that, you will make sure that your heart remains clean. All right. So it takes a level of courage for the men. And it takes a level of, yeah, pretty much men, for a level of courage to sit down and say, you know what, you're right. You're speaking the truth. You have actually read my thoughts. But we don't want to do that. We're too arrogant. We're too proud 
to acknowledge that. We'll say he's, you know, this person is a pervert, and that one is a pervert, and I'm, I'm a clean-minded. This other person, you're a liar. I'm telling you, whoever says that, you're a liar. Because Allah created you. Allah created us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created our biology and our anatomy. And He's the one who releases, He created chemicals within us. And He created the whole attraction, rules of attraction. If, if none of this stuff was supposed to create attraction within you, then you would not have been prohibited from all of this. Alright? The voice is powerful. If it wasn't powerful, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not have said that do not make your voices seductive. Why did He tell this to the wives of the Prophet? If that's the voice, imagine the eyes. Imagine the eyelashes, imagine the lips, imagine the, you know, the face, and imagine the hair, and imagine the fingernails, and imagine everything else. So we're fooling ourselves. You, if you choose to live in, a, in your la-la land and fuel, fool yourself all your life, you can do that. But I'm being honest. And I, I actually speak to uh, people very honestly, very brutally I'm honest with people. I'm like, I'm, uh, you know, if, you're, if, uh, if, if a person is a man, this type of occasion, so I told one scholar once, I had, I had a discussion, long discussion about separation and events and stuff like that. Long discussion with him. Very, very famous, you know, mashallah, worldwide famous scholar. And I told him, I said, I disagree with the way you do this type of things. And he said, yeah, you have a right to disagree, but you know, this, that, you know, the environment of Medina, and, you know, he was going from a historical perspective. So I said, well, if you have these w- young women, you know, at the, at, the, at the reception, and you have young women at the, uh, you know, handing out welcome cards at your events and all this type of stuff, uh, you know, I think as a young man, this is actually very, uh, uh, you know, disturbing and uh, uh, it, 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 it makes a person not focus on the program, <laughs> to say the least. So what do you say about that? And he said to me, he said, well, if that's the case, then I would probably advise you not to attend our program. I said, what kind of answer is that? I'm just being honest with you. And you're telling me that uh, you don't attend the programs instead of recognizing and realizing that this is not how it's supposed to be. Right? So this is... Um, uh, you know, uh, something which I'm not afraid to be honest, that's why I'm on the mic here, I'm telling you this, that we are fooling ourselves when we say, Achalta, everything's okay, you know, it's all bye-bye, ban-ban, all that type of stuff. If it was all bye-bye, ban-ban, the world wouldn't be in the mess we're in right now. What is all this, all these affairs that are happening with married people, right? with, grand, with, with uncles and aunts and with relatives, all sorts of stuff that I, the dirty laundry of the community that I have to hear about, right? Where is it all coming from? It stems from this one issue, that we are not particular about hijab at homes. Where does the abuse of children start off from? Yes, for Allah's sake, I have, I don't have, I will never have the courage to share with you stories that I know. Right? It's just beyond description of of the things that are that I know of, of things that have happened. No one knows. I never shared this with my parents, my wife, my kids, or whatever. Right? Because they're just they're not to be shared. It's just too bad. And um, where does where does it stem from? It's just simply being relaxed. They say, she's just a nephew, he's just a cousin. Oh, his cousins, you guys can play together. No, you can't. Don't let people just play together. Don't just let people go in the basement and play together. Right? While everyone's in one place, the other kids are somewhere else. For, for, you, this stuff, this shaitan starts at how old? Seven, eight years old. It's starting. Right? And so, if you're hearing me, wake up. And realize what we're dealing with. This is... this era is an era of ajib fitan that we've never, the humanity has never dealt with this type of fitna pornography has just ruined our lives and it has corrupted innocent minds and so the unthinkable is now becoming commonplace subhanallah so this is why Maryam radiallahu anha immediately she sought refuge in Allah when she found herself in seclusion, that's all I'm coming back to that no matter if you are Maryam and you have who? Jibreel. 
You can't be in the same place together. Right? So there's no Jibreels here and there's definitely no Maryams here either. You might have your name as a Maryam, but you're not Maryam alayhi salam, right? So this is, and your name might be Jibreel, but you're not Jibreel alayhi salam. So let's take, let's take this point home real strong. We can't go home and give fatwas to people now. We have to apply this fatwa to who? To ourselves. First, just apply it to yourself. I'm not saying go and, 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 and change up everything at home right now, because that's not going to work. Instead, you have to work on your own self. Be careful on your communications, email communication, text communications, and so forth. That be, you know, if you have to email someone, if you have to text someone, make sure it's, um, you know, you, you make a group. So there's, it's not, or CC someone else, so that it's not done privately. Because it just opens up the doors of, of fitna. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to understand. So much more, I feel awkward saying more things because there's so many diverse crowd listening to me here. But you know, if you're confused about this, I'll be more than welcome to you know, speak to you privately in, in a bit more detail and open. But it basically, it just realizes that you just got to be honest with yourself. That's all it comes to, right? You got to be honest with yourself. It is, it's painfully it's painful but you gotta go analyze your brain you gotta realize your mind how does it work when there's someone from the opposite gender how does it work when, when the kids, kids know when they're playing basketball and some girls are watching them does it, is, does it, does it change their layup the style of their layup right huh? what do you say right so the, if that whole aspect the pressure you're writing a math problem on the blackboard right and there's girls watching you doesn't it change the way you write what do you think right so who are you fooling this is the reality so this this, this basic a human aspect, we're in denial when we say it's everything's fine. No, it's not. There's this natural human instinct to, uh, to make ourselves attractive to the opposite. And is this specific to humans? No, it's not. SubhanAllah. I watched a whole documentary on the animal kingdom about this. It was just amazing. Is that the same aspect is found within the animal kingdom. That the men are running after the women. And they're simply, what do they do? All day and all night. They're simply trying to attract them. One woman, every, every of the men is trying to be attracted during the mating season. Through their calls, through their growls, through their screams, through their whatever the case may be. All different things. Ajeev system, one creator. And you see how he's created humankind and animal kingdom. And you see such similarities. Such similarities in this one aspect. Okay. Allahu Akbar. So, um, so she says, how am I going to have a child when there's only two ways of having a child? One is through proper relationship and one is through improper relationship and I have none but notice how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alludes to this he alludes to proper relationship how Maryam spoke she says bashar. no man has ever touched me obviously she was uh, you know her parents uh, touched her and whatnot, right but what is it what did she mean by that is that this idiom is referring to obviously a relationship of intimacy within marriage and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in Quran. Mas, mas Allah says, qabli in in Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah says, oh, nisa in Surah Ma'ida. Lamasa, lamasa to touch. It alludes to the, the, the act of intimacy. What I'm going to share with you here is that the haya of the Quran, all right, the haya of the Quran, that intimacy is something which is so, um, uh, you know, Im- central to the existence of humans and animals that without that which you cannot procreate and you can have kids and you cannot have generations to come but at the same time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses idioms to elude to that right does not explicitly spell it out that's the etiquette and the adab of Maryam 
when she tells him, I have not been touched by a man. And also that is the adab and the ihtiram and the respect that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in the Quran throughout the various places that I shared with you in which Allah does not use any explicit word for this. Okay? Instead, He uses the word touch. So Urdu is a beautiful language. That's why the words in Urdu also that refer to this as they say, suhbat. Right? It's, it's just amazing. Is that uh, it's a, it's a, that's why we should learn the language. People say, what's the one? You should learn Urdu. If this is your mother tongue, learn it. Or any other mother tongue that you have, that you know, if it's something besides Urdu, then go ahead and learn it. It's so important. Because languages carry akhlaq. Languages carry character. Languages carry religion. Very important point. Look at the beautiful words that Urdu has for to elude these type, to elude to, the, to these type of things. So to being sarih and to be unnecessarily, um, uh, you know, uh, what you call frank and uh, uh, open is not. It's not good. Instead, a person should, when not needed, just use idioms to uh, refer to things. But when it comes to the issues of tahara, when it comes to the issue of, of masail, to learn of, a khul, of talaq and nikah, etc. When a person, when, when it comes to the nitty gritty learning with the teacher, of course, whatever is needed at that time is fine. We need to get to the bottom of that. Nabi Salam mentioned that, you know, but regarding there's no haya when it comes to knowledge. When it comes to knowledge, a person needs to be very frank. But here, unnecessarily, we don't need to mention words that are, you know, beyond what is required. So she says, I have not been touched. Number two, what is the other, only other form of becoming, having a child? It's through intimacy outside of marriage. So she says, I have never been unchaste. The word or bagawat in Urdu as well, is when a person is, uh, goes against the um, norms of society and tramples upon the rights of others. Okay, and the other word is Tughyan. Tughyan is when a person tramples over the rights of Allah and breaks the orders of Allah. Baghawa or Baghi is when a person goes against social norms, norms tr- and crosses the line, and usually it's referring to the act of zina. So she says, I wasn't, a, I wasn't ever unchaste. Now notice here the word Baghiya. It is the uh, uh, why she's referring to herself, Maryam. She's a feminine, female. Baghiya does not have a ta marbuta on it, does it? It is not baghiyatan. It's baghiyan. And you know ta at the end usually comes for what? For feminine. Muslim and Muslimah. Mu'min, mu'minah. So why is it not baghiya? She's referring to herself. Usually that's how it is. Ana Muslima. Female will say, Ana Muslimatun. She's not going to say, Ana Muslim. So one, ex- one aspect one answer from an Arabic linguistic answer is that baghi is a type of word that this sifat mubalagha is called in, in, in Arabic does not have, it doesn't come with a, with a ta period but then the, the question still arises but why doesn't it come with a ta and so the ulama have given this amazing answer to this is that when a person becomes unchaste if a female especially becomes unchaste then this is something so so unbefitting of a female that she no longer remains a female but instead she has come out of the female realm and has gone into a, a, a very disobedient and, 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 and sinful male domain because haya is important for both male and females but haya is naturally bashfulness is naturally supposed to be more in women that's how Allah created them okay this is so crazy zamana we live in that I this statement right now what I just said People don't understand. This crowd sitting at 9.40 or 9.30 in the masjid, you all understand that probably. 
the ones who are listening at this time at an hour, most likely you all understand. But I can tell you a very big swath of our population does not understand what I just said. What is that? That being bashful and having haya is, more na- is to a higher extent found in women than in men. So it's, a day, it's like a day will come when we'll have to explain to our kids why you should go into a closed bathroom to relieve themselves and not do it outside. That day is coming. Hopefully we're dead by then. That's exactly how I feel trying to explain this concept. That you're telling me I have to explain to you why the proofs and the logical explanation of why haya is found more in women all, for, all through generations and that it's not something that's been forced down upon by this patriotic society that is you know, forcing down uh, their rights upon poor women who are now living as slaves to the men. That's how they try to present it. When in reality, subhanAllah, haya is a beautiful, beautiful attribute. That's why Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa how has it been described? Ashaddu haya and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi had uh, more haya. Does anyone remember this hadith? Huh? Yes. The Prophet sallallahu had more haya than ashaddu haya min al fi khidriha than a bride or an unmarried girl in her uh, in her carriage. Of this example, today's society won't understand. We're doing Instagramming live. What is that supposed to mean? To have haya. There's no concept of haya. From before, what dress gown I'm going to be wearing to choosing it out. That's all on Instagram and live video and whatnot. To uh, how the first, uh, you know, subhanAllah week was spent with her hubby and all her pictures and, and, and everything. And then after that, now, throughout the stage, now we're no longer two, we're three. I thought, Acha Allah, mashallah. Nee, nee, nee. Child is coming. I initially, when I saw stuff like that, I said, Mashallah, realization that Allah is with us. It's not me and my husband. Now we are a third with us. It's like, Mashallah, Iman is increasing. Now they bring Allah into the picture. But now they're actually speaking about, you know, we're expecting. I think, what in the world is going on with you guys? So here, this is the story speaks about it. Maryam radiallahu anha, when she was immediately she realized she was expecting, what did she do? She ran away. Out of haya. What, am I, what, is, what are people going to say? Today, there's no concept. There is no concept of haya related to this issue of, 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 of expecting. The whole world knows about it. We just need to start putting a bulletin board. You know, remind me, outside in the lobby there. Right? Which, which, which days and which weeks is whose family is expecting? We can put it up there. Because that's what we're about to get to. Everyone is just, is just all about this now. This environment. Oh, subhanAllah, here's one, that one. People are putting on Twitter, people on Instagram. People are like, this, this is the culture. And I was just reading about this. How um, influencers and actors and actresses are using the pregnancies of their children to make tons of money. Right, their own pregnancies. The idea is that they 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 are pairing up with different companies, and they do a release. Right, they do an announcement, official announcement of a baby, in in coordination with one of the companies. Let's say that makes diapers, whatever the case may be. So it's hashtag that diaper, and then they give them fifty thousand dollars. Right, for just simply putting every time they give an update about the, about the pregnancy with their company title. So by the time the child is born, you've already made $150,000, $200,000 or more, depending on how famous they are. Literally, there's a whole market there. So now some of them are saying, Pai, everything is not money because they're having a lot of problems and they're having miscarriages and this and that. They're like, this is crazy. Just for money, we jeopardize everything else and we, we've become too open. At least, you know, some people are understanding. But other people still don't understand that. So there's this whole concept of haya which I don't know how the next generation is going to even understand it because we're already losing ground on it. It definitely was not like this 20, 30 years ago. Um, so now there's, a, uh, there's this huge movement. Books, movies, documentaries, classes in college that are being taught. And which is that, that why is 
why are women, their thoughts and their desires so suppressed in society? Okay, and so that we need to uh, unwind and unopen them, all right? They're not meant to be like that. They're supposed to be like that. That's the beauty in it. That's why the, whenever the Quran speaks about women of Jannah, what does he say? Maqsuratun fil khiyam. I did the tafsir of Surah Rahman. Did we not? We did the tafsir of Surah Rahman this last year. Maqsuratun fil khiyam. Whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about tahur, he says that they are hidden within their, their beautiful tents. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they're taking a stroll in front of everyone on the beach. He doesn't mention that. Because the beauty of the women of Jannah is the fact that they are protected. And Allah says, لَمْ يَطْمِثْهُنَّ إِنْسٌ قَبْلَهُمْ وَلَا جَانٍ No human nor jinn has ever touched them prior to that, till their husband comes from the, from, the, from the humans. That is the beauty. So this part they don't understand today. That the beauty of it lies in, in, in tasattur, in being hidden. Okay? And that is why uh, you'll see that some of these scholars have explained that even, uh, you know, Details, so many details of women have been, you know, alluded to in the Quran. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how many names takes? How many names has He taken to the Quran? We know that. We've heard this before. Maryam, Isa ibn Maryam's name comes because why? Everyone calls him Isa ibn Allah, the Christians. So now you have to make it very clear that Isa is not the son of God or Allah, he's the son of Maryam. How many other names of women do you come across in the Quran? Not to say that it is Islamically haram to mention someone's name, but we do have a concept of kunniyah. Right? We do have the concept of, of where a person says Umm Maryam or Umm Isa or, or Umm uh, uh, you know, Umar etc. The aspect is that protecting the name, protecting the face, protecting the dignity. In it, subhanAllah, comes the extra beauty. So we have this huge movement taking place right around us. Today in the front page of New York Times, I saw that article. I didn't click it, but that's what it was. Uh, but uh, a whole documentary, or, or rather I should say a movie, on this aspect of uh, explaining how women have been suppressed too long and now it needs to come out. The most downloaded, the most downloaded song this pa- of the entire history of downloads of songs was the most, you know, uh, the most vulgar piece of literature, if you can call it, in the world. And uh, boys and girls who are listening to me, you probably know what I'm speaking about. It was about six, eight months ago, or ten months ago. The most, within days, it was downloaded hundreds of millions of times. Most downloaded song. And there's a woman speaking. And she's speaking, you know, about these type of things. And when you, when you think, when, it's very important for the fathers and mothers listening to me to know what I'm talking about. You can go Google and search it yourself. You need to know what your kids are exposed to. Okay? You need to know what your kids are exposed to. You need to know what the environment is. See, how, how can you not know McDonald's, man? M means masjid No, M does not mean masjid M stands for McDonald's Where they sell burgers And billions of people eat it Every single year Okay Your kids see that You should know that So the type of filth that's out there We should know What's downloaded onto our children's phones Or what can be downloaded On our children's phone Not to say it is So for you to understand that How you're going to You know uh, protect yourself from that and your kids So I encourage What I just said right now I'm serious I want you to know that If you need to know the lyrics To understand how, where we stand today You have to know Where the dunya, where the dunya has reached If you want to save your kids Without, without knowing that You're never going to be able to You think He's probably going to sleep While listening to the Quran What are you talking about my God Right? Seriously? There's fine, you know, that would be, again, like, I mean, that's gone. Like, what, what, 
why are you so why are you so innocent? You're not innocent at the job, you're the number one, you're manager. Right? You are VP of the company. But when it comes to treating kids and running kids, you, all of a sudden you become so innocent. And you just think that mashallah, they're just a bunch of little Jibreels walking around your house. Everyone's so pious and you know, you, they're not from your kids, they're angels in the home. It's, I'm not telling you to have su'u dhan with your kids, to think evil. I'm trying to say be real. Understand. Why are you so scared when your kid walks out without, Ani, I don't want to let my kid go without a jacket, bichara tana, usko bukhar lag jayega. Huh? How many mothers will say, call up the beta, beta it's snowing outside, drive safe. He knows that. Huh? He's 25 years old, he knows. Why'd you do that? Because that you're being a mother, that's why you did that. So being a mother and being a father, you have to look out for your kids from all the filth that's out there. And so this is where the door of shaitan is coming through, through music. The world of music is the most horrible thing out there. That's what influences the mind. That's what changes the perspective. That's what creates the lust. That's what creates the desires. That's what changes the perspective. A man can no longer look at a man or a woman in the same manner after he listens to that trash. Okay, it changes him. So this is the two things she said. I didn't, I didn't touch any, no human being has ever touched me, nor have I been unchaste. Dear brothers and sisters, she was an embodiment of haya. Just like the daughters of Shu'aib. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about them. Tamshi al-istihya. They were walking on top of modesty. Right? They did, and you know that whole story. Beautiful story. Maybe probably we'll do, cover, cover Surah Qasas inshallah. You know in the future. And we can get into that story of Shu'aib al-Salam's daughters in the marriage to Musa al-Salam later on. But that speaks about the haya as well. So the quality of haya needs to be with, instilled within ourselves, number one. And then into our sons and daughters. Very important. Without that, there is no beauty in anyone. There is absolutely no beauty in any girl or boy that is lacking haya. Um, I will end with the point that Musa, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Maryam alayhi salam in another place and he says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَطَهَرَكِ عَلَى نِسَاءِ الْعَالَمِينَ Allah chose you, Allah purified you. Allah chose you. He mentioned choosing twice. Allah chose you, purified you. Allah chose you, Upon, and gave you preference over all the women. Twice he uses the word choosing. And the word istifa means to choose someone based on their chastity and good qualities. So he mentioned the word twice in Surah Al-Imran of choosing. Similarly here, Maryam radiallahu anha distanced herself from any type of other business. And twice she says, I have never been intimate in marriage, nor have I been intimate or, or, or done anything outside of marriage. Right? Isn't that beautiful? So she's getting this, she's mentioning this twice, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also mentioning twice. And we'll end, inshallah, with this, uh, on this point, the aspect of, uh, of remaining chaste, the importance of it, and the uh, attacks of shaitan and iblis today upon us and our children and ourselves and our hearts. It's a very, a very challenging, a difficult uh, era we live in. And who do we have to seek refuge in Allah? We have to seek refuge in Rahman, right? Seek refuge in the names of Allah. And say, Allah, you please protect my children, my grandchildren, till eternity. Protect me, and it's not over until we die on Iman. So any one of us can slip. It's not like, it's bad for the kids. No, it's, bad. It's, a, it's a challenging time for all of us. Anyone can slip at any given time. So don't ever think that you are safe. Don't ever think that, put your guard down. I'm already married, I already got five kids, I already got a grandfather, grandmother. Uh-uh. Anything can happen anytime. We have to die with Iman free you from all of these sins, then only alhamdulillah we can say, you know, we're done, finished. Until then, shaitan can do anything. So we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, from, 
uh, from slipping and falling, I ask Allah Jalla Jalaluhu that if anything beneficial was said today, that He allows myself first and foremost and all of us and our loved ones and our family members all to have been to practice. If I've said anything that was incorrect, may Allah forgive me. If I said anything to upset or hurt anyone, also please forgive me for that. That was definitely not the intent, but maybe sometimes the way I come across, it may sound like that. So uh, hopefully it didn't. We hope Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to be able to see the truth and be able to speak the truth, be able to act upon the truth, and be able to invite towards the truth. Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanallah, bihamdi, shadu la ilaha ilaha, nastafir, untu bilayk, Allah, manta salam, manta salam, wa ta'ala, jalal, wa kram, Allahumma salli wa sallam, ala sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala ala sayyidina Muhammad, wa alaikum salam, Allahumma rabbana, adhalamna anfusana, wa ilam taghfir lana, wa tarhamdana, kunnina min al-khasirin. O oh Allah, we ask you to accept our gathering. O oh Allah, accept all the brothers and sisters who listen. O oh Allah, and those who intended to listen, or oh, those who will listen later on. O oh Allah, make it easy for the speaker and the listeners all to put into practice whatever we are hearing. O oh Allah, we ask you to grant all of us a special ta'alluq and special connection with the Quran. O oh Allah, with Ramadan only being two months away, allow all of us to rec- start reciting profusely Quran. O oh Allah, those of us who are struggling to read Quran, allow us to be motivated enough to read with the teacher and allow us to work on our recitation and improving our recitation. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, we ask you to grant us the ability to be, uh, Ya Allah, excited about learning the meanings of the Quran and the, and the tafsir of the Quran oh Allah allow us all to study the translation and the tafsir of the Quran cover to cover at least once in our life Ya Allah oh Allah we ask you allow the Ramadan to become very blessed for all of us oh Allah those who from the ummah and especially this week who passed away from our community and our loved ones and our relatives so many people today and yesterday Ya Allah and this week have passed away oh Allah oh Allah we ask you Ya Allah brother Farhan's father from, 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 uh, from New York and, and brother Mawlana Muhammad Hansa my classmate whose father also oh who passed away from Corona and other Dr. Saoud's father who passed away on Friday and oh Allah all the other brothers and sisters who I don't remember but messaged me and shared we heard about their passing away of their loved ones oh Allah we ask you to forgive all of them ya Allah we ask you to grant the nur in their graves oh Allah you become pleased with them elevate their status ya Allah oh Allah we ask you to grant sabr jameel to the family members ya Allah oh Allah oh Allah we ask you ya Allah to grant all of us afia and protection from the Corona and all other diseases especially diseases of the heart of the spirit, spirit and soul and diseases of the mind oh Allah diseases of the body oh Allah we ask you to grant barakah in our earnings, grant barakah in our spending. Oh Allah, teach us how to raise our children. Oh Allah, oh Allah, please teach us how to keep, take care of our families. Oh Allah, put mahabba and love between us and our spouses, between us and our children. Oh Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, to bring sunnah in our lives. Oh Allah, keep us and our children and our families chaste and safe from all sorts of evil sins and from all sorts of fuhsh, Ya Allah, and all forms of fuhsh, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, save us and our kids from being exposed to the sin that is out there, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, save our minds from being polluted. Save our hearts and minds and eyes from being polluted. Save our hearts and minds from being polluted. O Allah, those who have already been suffered, who suffered this pollution, O Allah, please you detox their minds and detox their hearts. O Allah, purify their minds and purify their hearts. O Allah, none can do that besides you. O Allah, we ask you, Allah, to grant to grant all of us taqwa in our hearts. Allow us to see right from wrong. Allow us to practice the right and allow us to stay away and abstain from the sin. O Allah, we ask you to protect this masjid and this madrasa and all the students and all the teachers and all the staff members and all the musallis and all the well-wishers and all the listeners and all the patrons from every type of sin, from every type of Ya Allah hasad, from nadar, from the evil eye, from the insinuations and the amal of shaitan. O Allah, from the harboring of, je- of jealousy of those who have jealousy. O Allah, and from the plotting of those uh, of the enemies, from the humans and from the jinn. O Allah, we ask you to grant she through the barakah of this dars of Quran to all those beloved students and teachers of ours and musallis of ours and our, our friends who are suffering any type of spiritual, emotional, physical or mental illness Ya Allah Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Aizat Ya Maasifun Wa Salaamun Al Mursaleen Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ameen Assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh